good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast. How is your anchor holding today? Are you actively reaching out to other people with the gospel of Christ? I remember some years ago, for those of you that may not know much of me and my background, I, I was called to preach when I was a young man and I gave my heart to the Lord and looked for those opportunities to be able to preach when I could. And as my college and seminary training was uh, nearing its completion, I began the thought of coming to New England and uh, an opportunity opened up for me to be able to start a church in uh, the state of New Hampshire. And uh, before that, any of that ever happened, though, I had to go and raise support so that I would be able to plant the church full time as opposed to working a secular job and trying to do the church at the same time. And that was quite a challenge. Uh, in fact, uh, for 18 months, I believe it was, my wife and I traveled uh, some 80,000 miles as we were driving around, meeting churches, uh, sharing our burden with them and giving them a vision for what we wanted to see done in the state of New Hampshire. And I, I preached in, I don't know how many churches, but it was a lot of churches. Uh, one of the sermons that the Lord laid on my heart to preach in the course of doing that, because you're not being in any one church uh, for any length of time, there was a sermon that always was pressed home to my heart when I would go and meet with a church that I had never been to before. Because obviously, if they're going to have a church planter into their church, like you would a missionary, uh, then there's a, there is a compelling interest then in making sure that you leave a touch on their hearts to challenge them with the gospel and getting the evangel, uh, evangelistic fervency as well so that God would bless their church and, and help keep them in the right way. Uh, and the passage that I often would preach on is the one that I want to share with you today uh, because it's never left my heart and my mind uh, probably the premier church planter was the Apostle Paul. Here is a man who, under the threat of death at all times, suffering greatly physically, spiritually, emotionally, undoubtedly, he went all over the known world in the Roman Empire as much as he possibly could to give the gospel. And he wrote to one of those churches that he ministered to uh, and started, actually, and was a part of, uh, that is the Corinthian church uh, in modern-day Greece. And he wrote an article, excuse me, an article, he wrote a, a, a letter to them, well, it could be an article, I guess, uh, because it has a lot of good instruction in it. But he wrote uh, two letters that we have in our New Testament to the Corinthian church there in Corinth. And in it, he really does share his heart. He takes the opportunity to say, this is what literally motivates me to go to the extent that I have uh, done in the spread of the gospel. You know, in chapter 4, he talks about how he was he suffered greatly. He has this ministry that God has called him to in a physical body of clay that has, has suffered deprivation and, and, and persecution. Uh, always being uh, near death, it seems. But uh, he said, we have this in our body, but he said, we don't faint. We don't lose hope. We don't look at the things which are seen, he said in chapter 4 of Second Corinthians, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, Paul wrote. 
And then he comes into chapter 5 and he really knuckles down to help us understand something. And that is that our lives are temporary. Chapter 5, verse 1, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And we groan for this, he said in verse 2, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. And he goes on to talk about we live in this temporary tabernacle, this tent. We're burdened down, but we expend ourselves for the cause of Christ. People aren't doing that today as believing people. We count it a great imposition on our life if we have to go to church more than once or twice a week. We count it as an imposition if I have to uh, tell somebody about the Lord or if I'm compelled in some way to live out my discipleship with Christ. The Apostle Paul was willing to spend and be spent for the cause of, cause of our Lord. And I think that that's a marvelous example for us. And he says in verse 6 of chapter 5 in 2 Corinthians, he says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8, he says, For we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Well, you know, my response to that is, who isn't? I would love to be present with the Lord. Uh, and that's what exactly what he's saying here. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but I'm going to labor. He says in verse 9, that whether present or absent, I'm going to be accepted of him. That's an incredible phrase in verse 9. We work for the Lord. That whether uh, present or absent, I want to be accepted of God. If it's in this life right now that I am giving my life and my body in service to God, it's worth it. It's worth it all because I just want to be accepted of God and have his smile on my face. That should be a prime motivation for every believer to, to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of your comfort level, and to be able to reach out to people and say, Lord, I've given my life for you. I am giving my time, my energies to that which will last for all of eternity. You know, I often quote a stanza from a song in our in our church when I'm in the pulpit that says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's exactly the sentiment that Paul is expressing here in 2 Corinthians 5. Now, I want you to notice, he said, I want to be accepted of him. I want his smile on my face. Now he proceeds to tell you why. In verse 10, he said, because, he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, remember, he's not talking about the judgment to determine whether or not he's saved or not. He's already has salvation, but there will be a judgment seat of God one day or a judgment of God for believers. Be careful. Don't have a fit now. But it's not to determine whether they're saved or not, but to determine whether how many rewards they're going to get, how many blessings they're going to get as a result of giving their life to the Lord. And Paul says, 
I give myself in service to the Lord and in the spread of the gospel and the winning of souls to Christ because I've got to appear before the judgment seat of Christ one day. I want to have a good appearing and acquit myself well before the Lord. I want him to be pleased with me. That's exactly what he is saying. And you know, folks, that ought to be a prime motivation for you and for me as well. Lord, I want you to be pleased. I don't want to selfishly squander the gifts and the life and the existence that you've given to me on myself. I want to spend myself for you. I, I think of a dear man named David that was a uh, not the biblical David, but he was a very dear friend of mine in the church that I minister. He was actually a deacon. And it's uh, in, in God's will and in in uh, God's plan, uh, David retired so that he could work more in the church and come to find out uh, he had pulmonary fibrosis. And he was un- that was unexpected, but it was something that he had to face. But I'm going to tell you something right now. That man literally said, you know what? I may not have a lot of time, but I'm going to give my all to the cause of Christ. And he did that right up to the day of his passing. And he was a testimony of salvation to everybody that would come into his hospital room and he would share the gospel with them and he would weep over them with tears and he would pray for their salvation, even the midst of his suffering and of his near departure from this life. Why? Because he knew that he had to appear before God one day and give an account of the time God had given him. That's what Paul's saying. Folks, that ought to motivate you today as well. Well, Our days are numbered. We don't always know how long the Lord's going to give to us. So I want to encourage you to follow the example of Paul and say, I want to stand in a good good place before my God one day because I served him. But Paul didn't leave it there. He went on in verse 11 to say, Another motivation for why he gives himself to the spread of the gospel and the winning of souls. He says, verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, literally the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. That speaks for itself. The fact is, Paul said, listen, I know what awaits any of those uh, even myself, but I know, he said, I know that the uh, 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 circumstances of those who deny the Lord and I want to persuade them because one day everyone will give an account. Hebrews nine twenty seven. the Bible says, for it is appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment, that there will be a divine accounting one day where every knee will bow and it will hum- they will humble themselves. I want to persuade men because I know what awaits those who die without Christ. And then he goes on down in verse 14 to probably give the premier motivation. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. In a nutshell, what Paul is saying is, I am pressed. He uses the King James uses the word constrained. That means to press from all sides, like squeezing a banana by the peel and having it come out. Uh, the the Bible is uh, Paul is saying here the love of Christ, the love that Christ has for people, ought to be translated into our own life and into our compassion. He said because of that love. 
because one died for all and all people are dead. He says in verse 15, and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. He says in verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Uh, We are called to go with another's message that'll change the relationship between two parties, the lost and Christ. Well, these are motivations today to help us to be reminded of what God's call is for us, not to just occupy space, not just for us to spend and waste time here on this earth, but that we might be preoccupied with that which is closest to the heart of God, the salvation of the lost. God bless you today. Keep your eyes on Him and ask God for an opportunity.